What's going on, guys? Welcome to the second episode of Dime Dropper. Before we start, please remember to follow us on Twitter at Dime Dropper Pod, as well as Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod, and YouTube. The Dime subscribe on YouTube, Dime Dropper Podcast, and of course Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Gotten a lot of good feedback from my first episode. I'm glad that a lot of you guys enjoyed it. Just remember, I'm always looking for advice. If you see anything that you want me to do better or anything I'm doing wrong, because of course I'm not going to be perfect. I'm just starting this, so please give me all your criticism. I want to keep improving. So for today's very special episode, I am joined by two very special guests, two of my good friends, two diehard members of Laker Nation. Uh, perfectly biased, not too biased, but just that right amount of fan bias we're looking for on the show. Please welcome. Ramin Ramshe and Nick Vecchio. How are we doing today, boys? Hey, man. It's an honor to be here. Just I know you've been, been wanting to do this for so long, and I'm honored to be your first guest, you know? Yeah, same. I'm just honored to be your first guest here. I'm happy to be here. All right, so let's get right into it. Um, let's talk about the glorified summer league for a sec. So from a Laker fan perspective, I said in my last episode that I would probably want the season to start just because it's just another title, tie the Celtics. Solidify that. So what are you guys' thoughts on it from the Laker perspective? I mean, dude, I've been waiting for this for so long. Like, it's been like it's been seven years since we made the playoffs. And last time I remember when, when the playoffs, we got swept. And I didn't even watch half of that series. Just, I was so devastated by the Achilles injury with Kobe. And just, it's just like, I know it's a, it's a glorified summer league, as you would say. But I've been wait, waiting for so long that this is the only option that I'll take it. Yeah, same here. I mean, it's been a long time coming, and just the fact that LeBron's first season here, we didn't even make it. Like, I thought that was a sure thing. So, and just the fact that we ended off on such a bad note last time in the playoffs with just, you know, getting swept, and then, like he said, Kobe's injury. It's just, you know, you want to see us back in the playoffs as a Laker fan. Yeah, and let's talk about the, so Avery Bradley, right, the recent news that he is opting out. I'm assuming you guys respect his decision, but what do you guys think that means and how big of a loss is that for the Lakers? Oh, I mean, it's tremendous. I mean, if you're, if you're watching just right before the season cut off against, I mean, you, the Clippers, of course, and you saw him, how he played 24 points. Then he hit like seven threes. I mean, he was ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. It's just, it just like, it's going to be tremendous on the defensive end because he was one of our dogs. And a lot of people say he was our third best player, arguably. So it's going to be tough, but I know we're a deep team. So... Hopefully the, the other guys, the, the Marquise and the KCPs can, can pick up the slack, but it's still a tough loss, nevertheless. Yeah, I mean, Avery's a tough loss, and he started a lot of games too, and he was shooting you know, well from three, and he was just a big impact player, especially like perimeter defense-wise. But I think with a team like the Lakers, it's next man up mentality. Like People are just going to step up. KCP's going to do his thing. Danny Green's going to cut the slack, you know? So I feel like everyone will play good. Do you think there's any chance of the uh, old KCP coming back with a little bit of an increased role? Because I think that's part of the reason he did so well is because he didn't have that big role. I think there's any chance of KCP the Chucker coming back? Because he's had a really up-and-down relationship with the Laker fans. I mean, I hope not. I hope he stays in the role he, he's, he is in already because, I mean, he's, he's been our like, best shooter for most of the season. I, 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 I rather Alex Caruso actually have an increased role because I feel like his minutes with down the down the stretch in the fourth is have been very shaky. So hopefully this is an opportunity for him to really step up and be like, because he's he's been great for us on the defensive end. I think he's one of our best perimeter de defenders, possibly in the league in terms of bench defense. So I mean, we'll see what happens. Hopefully that that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, I love Caruso, so 
I just I, going off what it's, what he said, Caruso is a huge impact player. So if he can get more minutes, I would love to see that. So let's talk about Caruso for a second. He is the he is like the that guy that comes off the bench that that is just an like a, like a solid role player. He's not a star, but when he comes in, it's like a star is coming in the game, kind of like Boban or Taco Fall for when they were on their teams. Can you explain to people from the Lakers fans what's the fascination with Caruso? I want to start with NV because you're a huge Caruso guy, so I want to hear it. Okay, I mean, first of all, you got a white guy that is he has a bald spot. He wears a headband. He dunks on people like he he had a putback dunk on Kevin Durant. Like that's ridiculous. So he's just got like this huge like I don't know like something about him. He has like an aura. Like he comes in and he just brings all this energy, hypes up the players. LeBron loves him. Like everyone loves him on the team. So he's just likable. I mean, I see on Twitter, I mean, non-Laker fans just bashing, just the love he gets. But if you're not a Laker fan, man, you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to understand the love you have for like, a certain player, you know, because you're watching him day in, day, day out. It's just, it's a totally different experience. This guy comes in, he plays hard. He doesn't look like, he's, he's, he's such an outlier in terms of, he look he doesn't look like anybody else. And he, I, it just, you have to be a Laker fan to know, man. And it's tough. To Dude, it's, it's funny because I'm not a Laker fan, but I obviously watch the games kind of from the Laker fan perspective. And. I can totally see. it's hilarious like the first time first of all when you see this guy's like the last thing you could think of is that he has bounce so when you see that he has a bounce it's like there's the memes right there it's over oh 100 percent. i mean dude the highlights the highlights make it all more more exciting because you can have those white guys who just come in play defense whatever but this guy's athletic like he can jump he can give you those exciting plays to really boost your team up and i mean those players are hard to find regardless if if other laker non-laker fans think that it's overhyped or whatever definitely he looks like someone that you would see at like a 24-hour fitness just like hooping like for yeah. fun like seriously so so let's segue into a slightly more serious topic i don't think i could have fully done a podcast without talking about it more so obviously this year has been horrible for a number of reasons but starting with the tragedy of kobe so obviously for us growing up in la he was so just the topic of daily conversation at school every single day. And a lot of these, like with sports, people don't realize it. People will say like, you know, how can you get so sad over somebody you didn't know? It's like when you're, especially with a sport like basketball, where you have games every other night and you're watching them on TV every single night and getting to know their personalities and you can go see them at, at Staples Center, you know? It's like you really get to know these guys. Like they really feel like they're part of your like everyday routine, everyday life. And Kobe, 20 years in the same city. So... I just want you guys to tell about like what does he mean to you guys and like what do people that don't live in Los Angeles understand like what do they not understand about why this is so heartbreaking? I mean, dude, Kobe is just probably the biggest inspiration that I don't know personally in my entire life. I mean, I just remember I remember back in the day when I was in the fourth, fifth, third grade or whatever, every night, every day, the next following day after school, I, the only thing, the first thing I'd want us to talk about is Kobe. I'd run to my friends. We would emulate the shots that he said. I remember he hit a shot against OKC, which is behind the backboard. And I went back to, I went to elementary school and everyone was trying to emulate that shot. I mean, it's just, it, when you don't live in LA, it's kind of tough. I mean, a little bit harder to understand what he means to us, but it's just like, he just meant everything to us in 20 years. I mean, you can't really say more than that. I mean, like, like he said, he played 20 years for the Lakers. There's only a select handful of players in any sport that have played that long for one franchise. So he was just like, he grew up here. He came when he was 17. He was basically like one of us. And, you know, he was just always like my hero growing up. Like I looked up to Kobe, like since I was a kid, he was like one of the first athletes I could ever remember. And um, my favorite number was eight. 
forever because of Kobe. So still is. So Kobe just meant a lot to me. And do you think there was like a an arrogance to Laker fans of like, we're, we're going to win the game because at the end of the day, we have Kobe and you don't. I just remember talking to people and they'd, they'd be like, all right, well, we have Kobe in the last five minutes. What do you have? Oh, 100%. I mean, that's that's the thing with Laker, Kobe fans. I mean, we're just different in terms of the, our passion for just for, for loving him. I mean, it's just different than any other than any other player I've ever seen. I mean, when you have when you have him on our team, even in the 2013, when we had Dwight, I mean, our team was terrible. I still thought oh, when he makes the playoffs, we can make some noise just because of Kobe. Like that, that's that's how much the impact he had. I mean, so that arrogance is is kind of like, of course. I mean, I think it's warranted in a way, just because it's just how great he is, man. It's just definitely. I mean, there's no um, feeling like having someone as clutch as Kobe on your team, like going into a, a late stretch of a game. Like you're just so confident in the back of your mind, even if you're down by a good amount. You feel like if you get it close at the end and he's, he has the ball in his hands at the end, you're going to win the game. And that brings me to another great topic is that growing up, how much did we argue Kobe versus LeBron at school? Like, Every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> and you guys admittedly were on the Kobe side of LeBron doesn't have that killer, inst- that, that ability to just take over games on a consistent basis. What do you guys think of that statement? And do you guys think it's changed over the years? Like, Well, I mean, it's definitely changed. I mean, the guy's a Laker now. I mean, when I'm growing up, I just remember having those debates. That was the, that was a central, like this, that was, that was the one debate I would, that would be consistent over my basketball talk, which is Kobe, LeBron, Kobe, LeBron. And for the most part, when I grow up, I grew up, I didn't really have many LeBron fans, too many LeBron fans around me. So it'd always be, I'd be centered around Kobe fans, just, just debating, debating. But I definitely has changed because he is a Laker. I mean, I see a lot of even Laker fans over the past two years when he's been a Laker, just been hating on him. And like, I don't respect that at all. Although I, ha- I have hated LeBron in the past and it's centered around the Kobe-LeBron debate. Um, I just have come to really just admire him and just, how can I mean we're so grateful in terms of how many greats we've had as a Laker organization so I feel like every Laker fan whether they like LeBron or did not should just just be grateful for the fact that he came to us Envy? I mean this is a topic that we still have even to this day like sometimes but I just personally am like so thankful that LeBron came to the Lakers like he was saying but I mean like you were saying about him being clutch I think I started to notice LeBron being way more clutch, like towards his um, second, the end of his second tenure with the Cavs. Like, he just would go into the playoffs and he would make clutch shots. And I feel like a lot of people would kind of ignore it. I mean, if you think about it, he has more um, playoff, like, clutch shots than, like, Kobe and I think maybe even Jordan. But um, Kobe just has the most in the regular season. But I, I feel like LeBron is, like, he's right up there in terms of clutchness. And um, I definitely don't, you know, think it's as close as it used to be the argument but and I think obviously LeBron has proven to be more clutch over the years um than when he was in Cleveland the first for his first tenure and even that first year in Miami like you remember like back in middle school and it used to be like the the ring jokes of oh LeBron's getting a call but he didn't answer because there's no rings and stuff like that would you say you were at the time because of the would you say that it's more the fans that made the debate that made you want LeBron to fail than actually LeBron himself? Or was that set in stone after he went to Miami that you wanted him to fail? Because I know you guys definitely were rooting for Dallas, and I'm guessing OKC, like pretty much every team that played against LeBron. I don't know about San Antonio, but you guys can answer that. But Oh, 100%. I mean, the fans have really ignited and built this up. And over the past couple of years, the media, in terms of how big Twitter, Instagram, all those platforms have gotten, 
Um, I mean, definitely. I mean, these past couple of years, that the fact that he's become a Laker has definitely put those things in perspective. And I, I kind of see where the true, true, true Laker fans are in terms of if you're still hitting a LeBron now. It's just kind of pathetic in my my eyes. Just, it just I don't I don't see how you can. Are there still Laker fans that are hating on LeBron constantly? Oh, I have friends. I have like close friends of mine who still just just bash him on like on the daily, and it just stems from that Kobe LeBron, Kobe LeBron, Miami days, and it just it just sad to see so many Laker fans that that feel that way. And I keep telling him, I'm like, okay, if we win the championship, I don't want to see you celebrating, because like it's just ridiculous if you're not going to be happy for a player, but be happy for a team. It's just it's just it's ridiculous to me. But I hope. I hope once we win or if we win, it changes their perspective. Yeah, I think it's also played out. Like um, he was saying, like, if you're hating on LeBron, I mean, why are you even rooting for the Lakers at this point? You should be thankful that he was he was even, like, willing to join. I know we're a great franchise and we have, like, great history, but just the fact that he came to our team when we weren't, like, a definite or immediate contender at all is just, to me, you should even have more respect for him. So let's talk, let's segue now as we're going past Kobe. We're going to, um, I know I also, I also want to say for myself on Kobe is that a lot of people remember me as somebody that was always team LeBron. That was my guy growing up. He had everything that Kobe, like he was the unselfish. Kobe was the, the selfish, cocky scoring guy. But um, I realized, you know, as LeBron started to fail for the opposite reasons that Kobe used to succeed or even that Kobe used to fail is that he was too hesitant or too Passive. Whereas Kobe, his fault is like, oh, he's shooting too much. He's shooting when he's double teamed. But that's what pissed me off about LeBron as his own fan was like, how many times I yelled at the TV like, Bron, are you gonna take over? Like, are you gonna shoot? Like, stop passing the ball to these fools. Like, you're the best player in the NBA. So I think that got me to appreciate Kobe more as I got older, especially because my uncle, I this is start gonna be start be- becoming a meme because I mentioned them so much in my first one. But um, when I was I. I mentioned in my first episode that I didn't like Kobe in the beginning, and that's part of the reason why I became a Clipper fan in the first place. But my uncle told me that, you know, when he was growing up in the 90s, all the people in L.A. were bandwagoning for Jordan. You know, Magic had already gone. He had already had the HIV, had retired. So no one was talking about Nick the Quick Van Exel or Eddie or Vladi Divac or any of these people. It's Jordan time. Everyone's rocking Nikes, Jays. And he despised Jordan for that reason because everybody loved him which is similar to me. I didn't like Kobe in the beginning because he was everyone's hero. But he told me, you know, I kind of regret hating the best player of all time. You're going to regret hating one of the best players of all time that plays in front of you on a nightly. And from that point forward, around 09, 08, I started respecting Kobe and liking him. And I'll do a whole separate podcast on this, but my mindset has completely aligned more with Kobe's over the years and much less with LeBron's. It's just been a personal change for me, but... That's my uh my take on Kobe, and I was so blessed to. By that time that you were talking about Rom, twenty thirteen, God, man, the way he was trying to will that team into the playoffs, unbelievable. Oh, it was it it was crazy, man. It was just that stretch in twenty thirteen, uh, January February. Just I remember eighteen twenty five, and then for the rest of the way, I forgot what our record was, but but we but we got to like forty five and thirty seven, and it was just ridiculous. Just seeing that night in and night out. I mean, he had like forty. He had triple the forty point triple doubles comebacks it, it was ridiculous the one against the hawks against the hornets it, you can countless countless it was just it was the blessing to see and i'm glad that i could have seen that version of him when in recent memory so after kobe the achilles i should say not even after kobe after the achilles the lakers had they had, for fun fact for people that don't know i'm almost positive after the lakers moved from minneapolis to los angeles they had never missed the playoffs two years in a row i know it was not more than that 
That's actually absurd. And this means that we've seen the worst period of Laker history. So talk to me about that, how you went from always being on the top with Kobe to now feeling like a Clipper fan a little bit in, in, a, in a sense of losing. Has it made it that we always talk about, you and I, Rom, that Laker fans in the playoffs, the first round at least, was, wasn't, ex wasn't anything different from regular season because they were so used to it. Would you guys say you took winning for granted and now you appreciate it more? I'm going to start with Envy, actually, on this one. Uh, I wouldn't say I took it for granted, but I think that there's a lot of fans that do. And um, I think, like, in a way, you have to look at it, even though it's, like, sad that we haven't made it in that long, you have to look at the positive and just, you know, see that people are going to be more thankful if we win again. It's like a silver lining, like, and it's a wake-up call. It's like, you know, it's hard to be dominant for so long, you know? You can't always be great, so it's a wake-up call. Oh, for sure. I mean, the first year I was a Laker fan was 08. And ever since then, I mean, I was so used to winning. And so the first round never excited me. I mean, I would admit that I took it for granted, but I think it was warranted in a way only because I've never seen them lose. And I remember in, in 2011, when we got swept by the Mavs, I remember it was Mother's Day. And I, I went out with my, with my mom, my family, and we were in a restaurant and I, the, the TV was on the screen and, and we were losing by 40, whatever, 30, 40 in Dallas. And I remember just putting my head down in front of everybody and just bawling. Cause like that was the first time. I remember it was like three, it was, we're down three Oh and I'm like, Oh, we're going to come back. We have Kobe. We're going to come back. I never thought in the back of my mind that this might be it. And when I saw that happen in front of my eyes, I was, I was devastated. So the, those years definitely have made me more thankful as a Laker fan. Yeah, I feel that. And it's just like, it really comes down to the organization. Like, for example, the Lakers started sucking because they had Jim Buss in charge. And this was right, like, literally the year after Jerry Buss died, the late, great Jerry Buss died, the Lakers didn't make, has still not made the playoffs yet until now. And it just goes to show how unbelievable of an owner he was. Everything starts from the top. And that was Phil's last year, the one you just talked about. So, like, the Lakers had such a good structure from top to bottom for so long. And that's part of the reason why they found so much success and found all these great players. You saw with the Clippers, they had the exact opposite. Shitty owner, shitty product, now great owner, great product. So it's all from the top. So that's going to bring us into what we were, what you were alluding to earlier, NV, about LeBron randomly basically coming when the team was rebuilding. So how shocked were you? How surprising was it that he, LeBron, who just made it to eight straight finals, eight straight finals, coming to the Lakers of all teams, the place that fans despised him for so long. Talk about that. Uh, I mean, I'll never forget where I was when I got the notification. I was like shopping and um, I got it on my phone and I called you right away and you didn't believe me. You were like, no way. Like, I, was, no I, was, way. I woke up from a nap and I was like, nah, this can't be happening. This can't, I did not stick up for this guy for eight years or 10 years against Laker fans. And now he comes running to them. Yeah. So that kind of made me have to take the LeBron bias out of my head. Like that was this moment. For anyone that's asking, when did you switch up, D, when? That's kind of when I kind of lost my, like, rooting for LeBron. Because it's like, I argued against these guys for so long about how great LeBron is. And now I'm left in the dust. And he's coming to Lakers. So, to me, I don't dislike him. But it got me to not root for him anymore and see the biases that I had against, against him or for him. See the biases that I had for him. And uh, see kind of what you guys were trying to point out to me over the years that I would act like, you know, I'm not biased. But... I truly was a little bit. Not as biased as some LeBron fans that are the Bron sexuals, as they call them on social media. Yeah. But um, I still had that little bit of bias, like like you guys have the Kobe bias, but it's normal. But at least your guy played for your team. That's why I kind of stopped rooting for LeBron. It's like, at the end of the day, he's never put on the, the Clipper jersey. So 
But yeah, what did you think about when LeBron first came? I mean, I remember where I was the first time. I was in, I remember I was in Europe. I think I was in Barcelona and I was with my dad. And I remember I just checking social media because, of course, the time difference, just in and out. And I remember he was supposed to make he was supposed to make the, the announcement very soon. And I remember just waking up. Um, it was like 6 a.m. And I checked my phone and I was just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I saw that Photoshop photo of, of LeBron dunking with the Laker jersey on. And I just jumped. I woke up my dad. And I was yelling, and it was funny because I mean, before then, I wasn't the biggest LeBron fan. I remember over the years, I was kind of shifting over in terms of respecting his greatness. But it was just it was it was weird that in that moment because I, I remember I was not that big a LeBron fan, but when I saw that notification, I was ecstatic. So it was it was kind of awkward, but it kind of made me shift into that mode of of really admiring him. Yeah, I think when LeBron came, I was I was so surprised because I was like. The Lakers aren't in any position to be winning championships right now. Like, you got a couple years left of your prime. Like, clearly, we know LeBron's a smart guy. He knows the market LA has and that, you know, they could get another guy. But I think he knew coming in the last season, he wasn't going to be a championship contender last season. So it's back to what Envy was saying is, like, he did sacrifice the winning part of it on that one. Do you think he came here more for, like, lifestyle reasons, Envy? Totally. I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, coming to the Lakers is just a lifestyle move because it's obviously one of the best franchises in the league and one of the biggest free agent destinations. So like it's perfect for LeBron. It's like, you know, it's like when he went to the heat, except he's on the West coast and he's on a bigger, you know, franchise with even more power, more money. So I think it was, you know, a little bit of both, but that was definitely one of the motivations for sure. A thousand percent. I think like MV said, I think it's definitely a little bit of both. I mean, of course, anyone coming to LA obviously takes into account the lifestyle. I think a lot of it was the Laker great greatness of the franchise and, and, and the greats that come before him. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of the, the attractiveness of him coming over. I definitely think that he knew what he was getting into. If, I mean, if anyone thinks otherwise, then, then I, I, don't understand. I don't understand how they think that. I mean, if you look at our roster top to bottom, we had a bunch of two-year, second-year, I mean, second-year, third-year players on our team, developing players. So he definitely came in here knowing he has to sacrifice possibly a year, two years in order to get back to a championship level team but he i mean we have ad now so it was definitely worth the risk so what do you guys think about last year and his performance obviously he was doing really well and the lakers were doing well before the injury and then after the injury we had a lot of controversy i'll go with what i what i think but i want to hear what you guys think did he piss you off last year with the whole playoff mode and then and the whole trying to pull off a trade mid-season and kind of seeming like you know he had he was he was more pushing for AD even then than all in with the squad he had on the year. So what do you guys think of last season? What did you guys think of LeBron like basically going into this season before Anthony Davis? I'm going to start with Envy. Well, just to go back to what you were saying before, like I think that another reason LeBron came was because um, Jim Buss wasn't in charge anymore. It was Genie and Magic. And I think just him seeing Magic like in control definitely was another motivation. But I was just going to say, like I think... Um, that LeBron last year was hated on a little too much. And I think that people um, need to be, you know, a little more understanding. Like, I think he got hurt and he tried to come back a little too early and he was never 100%. And I understand, like, as LeBron, like, you're supposed to carry your team whenever, but sometimes, like, guys burn out. I mean, he's he was coming off all those finals appearances and people, you know, people don't realize that. And it's another situation to me where you have to look at the silver lining and you say, 
well, okay, he misses all these games this season. We didn't make the playoffs. But now he look how well-rested he was for this year. You know, I think it, it paid off, you know. Even though it sucks that he got hurt, it helped us in the long run, so. I mean, I don't like to buy into the whole media coverage. Not media coverage, but people on Twitter, Instagram, those platforms bashing him around the time when he was trying to get back. I remember he did an album with, with 2 chains. I think, I, I forgot what his role was, producing-wise, and he, like, was posting it all everywhere while we were in that slump. Um, and everyone was like, oh, he's healthy. Like, why is, he, why is his mind not into the game? Which I understand, but I think it was kind of heightened to a certain degree. I mean, as, as Envy said, I mean, the guy did come off of eight finals. I mean, the guy's playing from October to, to June for eight straight years. I mean, you got you to gotta understand that the human body, it's a human body. You can't, it's not a robot. So um, in, terms of, in terms of when he said, oh, I'm going to playoff mode, all that, I wasn't a big fan of that because I thought that was a little forced in a way. However, I mean, look how we're doing now. So I can't, I can't complain back then. It's like, it's also, I think, because I hear a lot of people, um, when we go back to the Kobe and LeBron thing, it's like, I saw somebody on Twitter say the other day, like, you know, like all these greats, they're different animals, but they're the same beast, which to me, after watching Kobe and LeBron, both amazing players, they're not the same. Like, they're so different, in my opinion. So, so different, both on the court and off, and their whole mentalities to the game. So I think, like, a lot of, as you were saying, those those people that stand Kobe super hard didn't like that LeBron wasn't going all, like, waiting for next season. Like, you know how the Kobe, the opposite, 2013, pushing to get to the playoffs, but it lost him his Achilles, basically. So it's like, did LeBron do the right thing? It's, you know, it's kind of back to that. What do you think of that? Like, Dif- difference in mentality that people don't like or like. Oh, they're definitely different beasts. I mean, Co- Kobe can't take a year off. I mean, his mentality in my mind is just, I this might be my last game, so I'm just gonna go all out. I, it's definitely different the way they approach the game. I mean, I mean, LeBron, LeBron's all time great, so he's been doing something right in that sense. I think in terms of mentality, it's different. However, um, I mean, they both succeed in, in how they want they want to go about it. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, Kobe played 20 years, but, you know, he played through a lot of injuries and stuff. But, you know, LeBron's clearly found a way to preserve his body better than, like, any other player almost that I can think of. I mean, yeah, pretty much. And, you know, the longevity is just ridiculous for both of them. But I think um, LeBron has just mastered a way to just keep his body so preserved. But... At the same time, it's like that year when Kobe was going so hard for our team, at least we had like, you know, Dwight. I know he wasn't, I know he was like a shell of himself because he had that injury, but at least we did have some like other all-star caliber player, whereas this roster with LeBron was kind of like mediocre in a way, you know, it was a lot of young guys and a lot of those guys weren't stepping up when they needed to. Just like, you know, you can fault LeBron, you got to fault the other players too. Do you guys... Do you guys still, when you look back at last year, even if he ends up winning a championship, would you go to as far as to say, like LeBron fucked up a bit last year? No, no. I mean, I'm I'm all about winning. If I if we win a championship, I forget all about the past. For for me, it's all about the end result. I mean, I'm I'm always I always like to say I'm a Laker fan for a basketball fan. I mean, because the Lakers got me into the sport, so that's the most important thing for me. So if we win, of course, of course, last year was tough, but. In my mind, we would, we never really stood that much of a yeah. chance. I mean, people are kind of ridiculous thinking, oh, if LeBron played all these games, if he pushed the groin injury, um, we I would have had a chance. Like we were twenty and fourteen when he went down and all that. But I mean, I mean, you, you can't you can't speak for someone else. I mean, he knows his body the best. 
So whatever he did, I understand he has his reasons. So I don't think I think the championship erases everything. I wouldn't even think about it. I just think it probably just hurts him when it's because people once again people make these comparisons to Jordan and these people. It's like when you're being compared to the greatest player of all time, every single year they look at as a from a Laker fan perspective, yes, he did the right thing. From like a his own personal legacy perspective, not going hard, a lot of people are gonna count that against him when you have a guy like Jordan or you got like Kobe that or like even Larry Bird, I'd use an example, pushed himself so hard in order to win. They're not gonna have the longevity of LeBron probably. Obviously Larry didn't, but you know, it go it's just once again differences in mentality. But yeah, it definitely paid off for him. But what do you think of of that like do you think it hurts just his individual argument or not even i mean not really because he came like abruptly and this roster wasn't assembled to win a championship at all it was a failed experiment to me i've i've said this multiple times i think that that roster was extremely poorly put together in terms of what you want to put around lebron you want to put shooters around lebron and they were just like, oh, well, we can just put a lot of uh, ball handlers around him, cut some slack off LeBron, when in reality it made his job a lot harder. So, Do you fault him, though, for obviously not winning the championship, but, but do you think it's – if you're the best player in the league, which I don't know if you guys believe if he was last year or if he still is, you guys still had a chance to – when he came back from injury, you were only two games behind us, and our best player was Lou Williams. Like, there were so many close games you could have taken over Kobe style, and he didn't, and people want to say he was injured and stuff like that. But to me, it's like, if you really want him, if you if you accept the fact, okay, we're not going to win the championship, I'm not going to try that hard, fine. We'll say it, though. But if you just don't go try your hardest to, or don't um, try to take over games, like, I don't know. I, oh, yeah. I don't know what to say about that. That that was tough. I remember there was a couple games in Phoenix and the Knicks. I remember he got blocked by Mario Hazonia. Those were tough because I, I know we were better than them. And if you have LeBron James on your team, I mean, regardless, you put on any team. That's what I'm saying. Of course, you put on a team, they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. And that's what a lot of people were expecting. However, um, the, the team was not, as NV said, was not correctly constructed around him. Nevertheless, I know we were a couple games behind. Um, I don't really like I just I, I can't really find myself really criticizing him for that I don't know I he, LeBron is the most cri- criticized player in NBA history in my opinion also because of social media and all that um, but my my focus right now is just on right now on this season and I know he's not he's not a Kobe he's not an MJ but he's a LeBron and he poses things in a totally different manner yeah. I mean if that's Kobe of course he's going to be all in but he has a different mentality so you got to accept him for who he is. Well said, well said. And then, so now let's go to this season. Anthony Davis, I mean, that is, that was an unbelievable pickup. We don't even have to talk about that. How, has he been better, worse, as good as you expected? What what kind of difference do you think he's made? Envy, we'll start with you. I mean, AD is just phenomenal. Like, he just protects the paint like crazy. He's like one of the best rim protectors in the entire NBA. And I think like, he single-handedly just has helped our defense so much that you could you could even argue that he makes a bigger impact than LeBron because, you know, defense to me is, like, just as important, if not more, than offense, so. What do you think about when people say, well, the Lakers are so much better with LeBron on the floor. You see how they do when he's off the floor? AD doesn't have that argument, even though he leads him in other statistical categories. What's your comeback to that? Because you watch, I know, you watch the Laker games, I watch the Laker games, and I completely agree with what you said. But what do you what's your, what do you say to that those people that say that? Usually LeBron fans that are saying that because Laker fans don't give a shit who's doing best. They just want to win. Yeah, I mean, I think AD 
people sleep on him a lot. Like, I think he's even better than I expected him to be this year. There's some games that he won us down the stretch where there's like game, there's games like LeBron won us down the stretch, but I think there might be just as many, if not more, where AD won us the game. And he just gets to the line a lot. He gets doubles all the time where shooters are open because he's just, you know, he just draws doubles all the time in the paint. So he just creates a lot of problems for defenses. I mean, of course, you take LeBron off of any team and they're going to be worse in, in, in some facet. Um, but I think that's more of a testament to how great LeBron is and rather than our team. Because you take him off any team, of course, in a sense, they're going to be lessened to a degree. Um, AD has been just phenomenal, way better. I mean, I have, granted, I hadn't watched many Pelicans games, um, but I, from my eyes, just way better than I expected defensively. I mean, it's not even just the blocks, it's just the rotations. Just every little little inch of, of his defense is just ridiculous. You know what he's incredible at? I've noticed this season because I, I I went to a game last year. It was Clippers-Pelicans, and he scored the most casual 44 points I've ever seen in my life. It was, like, ridiculous. So being able to watch him on a nightly basis because I watch all the Laker games has been just as much of an honor as LeBron, even though I don't want to even say a little more because LeBron, I've seen him so much in my career. He's on national TV 30 times a year at least, whatever team he's on. So just seeing AD every night – his his ability to so obviously there's so much pick and roll in today's NBA. His ability to like show on the ball handler and then retreat to the big man and cover so much ground because of how tall he is and take away the lob and the roll man is ridiculous. Like it always causes people to have to kick it out or it causes turnovers. It's unbelievable and people always miss when they try to shoot over him or with him contesting. Like I, I want to say I could count on my fingers how many times people have actually made a shot when he's been guarding him this season. It's that ridiculous. His his length, it just, it's just crazy. Like, So I'm going to ask you, first, are they the best duo in the league? Secondly, three questions. First, best duo in the league. Secondly, how well do you think this team is constructed around LeBron and them compared to last year? And three, do you think that, let's just not even say the bubble. Let's say the season had continued normally. Would you guys have won the championship? I'm going to start with Rami. Um, I definitely think they're the best duo in the league for the fact that, of course, I mean, you have Kawhi and Paul George. And in my opinion, Kawhi, is the best player in the league, if not the second behind uh, LeBron and Inquire one and two in my eyes. Same currently, um, but in terms of chemistry, now we're not Kawhi and PG. You have to use another example. We're not; they're not better than AD and LeBron. I'll be the first to say it. Oh yeah, but um, in terms of LeBron and AD, in terms of chemistry and the way their games complement each other, just definitely makes them, in my eyes, the best duo. I mean, in terms of pick and roll, in terms of just just how how they find each other on the court, it's just bar none to any other duo, in my opinion. Envy. Um. Yeah, I think. I think we have the best duo. I think the Lakers have the best duo just because, like, uh, that pick and roll is just so dangerous. And, like, I mean, Kawhi and PG defensively are definitely, like, better on the perimeter, obviously. But, I mean, just having, like, an interior defender like AD is so dangerous. And then, you know, that pick and roll, like I said, I mean, I've seen them do things that I haven't seen other duos do. Like, they're crazy together. And so what are your chances of uh, – what do you guys think would have happened? You know, you guys think you would have been – the way the rhythm was going, you think you would have won it? I mean, I mean the way the way the pot, the previous three games, I, mean, I wouldn't even count the Nets game the right before the. Why not? That was a game. I mean, sure. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm talking about more, more so on the versus the Clippers and the Bucks. Excuse the losses, Laker nah, nah, Here we go. <laughs> no, no, but we're, we're focusing the Clippers and the Bucks because okay. those are the two playoff caliber ones. matchups. Of course, and and I mean, look, we showed. I mean, granted, those are two were home games. I mean, not the Clippers one. Yeah. But, but I mean, we we just showed up, and you can see how how much firepower really had 
how much LeBron elevated his game. I mean, defensively on Kawhi, he played amazing. He played great. Um, I think our chances are really great. I, the only team, the one team I would I would have been really. I mean, the season's gonna continue, so I'm still gonna be worried about them. But the Clippers, only because I just they're just dogs, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, you guys top to bottom. I mean, they just feel like they want it more than anyone else. The Bucks more so. I wasn't too worried, only because I mean, you you know, I've always said this. Giannis in the half court when the game slows down, just it doesn't really appeal to me. I don't think he he has a go to move, so I, I feel like we, we have the advantage over them. Um, but yeah, the Clippers just they they I am I'm, I'm not afraid to admit that I'm just afraid of them. I I just yeah. Does it is it? Do you agree with that? And if you do agree with it. What do people not? Uh, the media loves Giannis. It seems like loves him. To me, I agree with what Ramin said. The best player in the league is either LeBron or Kawhi right now. Do you agree with that statement? And do the Bucks scare you still? Or what, what would you say? Um, I mean, I think LeBron and Kawhi are the two best players. Like, and you can go either way. But I think, like, to answer your question from earlier, I think we definitely would have won if it was to keep going because we just had like we had hit a rhythm. We were like eight and two in our last ten. And I think we were like, what, 49 and 12, first in the West. I just feel like at that point, it was like they were hitting their stride and they were just going to keep going from there. Because, I mean, we beat the Bucks and the Clippers like back to back. I mean, that was just great. You'd say definitely, though? You wouldn't even be. Not definitely, but I mean. Have some confidence. That gave me a lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, like he said, the only threat is like, to me, really the Clippers and the Bucks, obviously. But like now that there's this tournament going on, who knows what could happen? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Who knows what, like, I wouldn't like. To me, you know, I'm a big, I'll be critical of like stars when they don't perform, especially I was really critical of LeBron last year. Also, you guys talked about this. He really was lazy on defense last year. Like basically, I don't think it's overblown he didn't play defense. He straight up didn't play defense. This year though, obviously a lot of help from AD, Danny, Avery, but he's he's held his own. And especially in those matchups, he really stepped up like old fashioned. I won't even want to say Miami style, but like second tenure Cleveland style in big moments defense. Oh, thousand percent i mean i remember there was one play i think it was the, the very last game against the clippers or or bucks when he dove on the floor for yeah i was shocked when i saw that too i mean a lot of what defense is is hustle and you couldn't really see it in 28 2018-19 season but now i mean i mean you see he has a formal team around him he's really elevated his his, his game I, I think defensive ratings even back that up i don't know exactly where that he falls in there but i mean in terms of just watching the eye test i mean he's he's elevated his game on defensive end by far I think um, last year um, he just wasn't that motivated yeah kind of obvious like to me like that team I, I keep saying it, it just wasn't constructed properly and a lot of those guys are young so they were struggling on defense too like I think our best defender last season was Lonzo yeah so and he's really young but I mean he's a great defender but him being your best defender is not ideal so yeah I mean I think it's uh, a little overplayed like because he was hurt so I cut him some slack on it, and I feel like uh, he knew that it was going to be hard if we made the playoffs regardless, so he just kind of, like, turned it off a little bit, even though he, he acted like he was turning it on. He didn't have it in him. You know, he wasn't 100% to me. He never looked. So to end on this segment about LeBron and these last two years, do you think the whole theme of this episode, have Laker fans finally accepted him? I know it seems like you guys obviously have. Have they finally accepted him as a Laker? No. Not, not fully? No, and I don't think... For me, personally speaking, and I know, of course, of MB, for like 100%. I mean, I think in terms of him solidifying himself as a la like a Laker Laker. You got to win it. You got to win. I mean, championship or just win playoff series? You, you got you to win a championship in my eyes. I mean, if you're if people argue you as the greatest player of all time, you have to win a championship. I mean, I think that's just how it is. Um, 
But regardless, I mean, I'll be very disappointed if we don't win a championship. But regardless, I will always be grateful for him coming because I think this, these past two years and forthcoming, it's just a huge shift in the way our, our franchise will be going towards. I mean, it just made us look like such a more formidable franchise from top to bottom. I mean, those from, from 2014 to 2017. I mean, we were we were a joke. I mean, we had Kendall Marshall as a starting point guard. We had Robert Sackrist. Like it was just, it was just, it was a mess. Ryan Kelly, and exactly, man. It, <laughs> Marcelo Huertas. Oh my God, man. dude, these are like clip Clipper level names right here. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, man. It's horrible. Um, but he just he's marking just a shift in, in the culture of, of our, which is kind of crazy to think about because of how great our franchise is. But over the past six years, it's set up. Bring the greatness back, kind of. Exactly. So. Um, I do think he needs to win, and there's, I mean, as I said before, I have so many people close to me, and not even close to me, that just hate on him still, and they are they consider themselves Laker fans, which is ridiculous in my eyes, because if you're not going to root for your best player, then you shouldn't be rooting for your team at all, which is, and, and I always tell him, I'm like, okay, I don't want to watch the team, I don't want to watch any playoff games with you, because I, I don't want that energy around, I want to be around Laker fans who really appreciate that team from top to bottom, especially the top. Because that's where it starts. And, and how great LeBron, a player LeBron is, it, you got to respect that. Yeah. I think if LeBron wins a championship, like, almost all Laker fans will probably accept him. But, like, people are just, you know, people just hate. And people on the – Laker fans are just impatient. So, like, the fact that we didn't even make the playoffs last year probably rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I mean, I know, like, personally a lot of my friends, like, I was arguing with them about it. Like, how people were, like, you know, saying, oh, he's slacking off on defense down the stretch and all this stuff. And – Oh well, we need to make the playoffs, and he's you know playoff mode. But I mean, you know that team we had Luke Walton, and it was just like an iffy season. And you know we knew we were gonna get a star eventually. I think LeBron thought he was gonna get AD that year, and it just didn't work out. I mean, we tried to literally trade our whole team for this guy, and thankfully we didn't do that. But you know we got him this year, and you know now we're competing. And I think um, people are trying to hate on LeBron all the time, but you have to respect the man. He came. We're competing. He's not washed. He's playing his ass off. When we played the Bucks and you guys, I mean, he was just playing so hard considering how old he is too, like, and diving for balls. Like, that's the LeBron I want to see. He's motivated when he has the talent around him to do good things. Yeah, and it brings back to we're talking about he needs to win to be validated as a great Laker, and it's not even a dig on LeBron. Most franchises, if LeBron showed up, he's already in their greats, but this is the Lakers we're talking about, which brings us to our next topic, the history. And I think if you're a Laker fan, no matter when you're born, you have to study and look at the history of why your team is what it is. Because like Ramin said, without that history, there's no reason why LeBron would come to Los Angeles. You know, There's a reason he chose the Lakers and not the Clippers. You know what I mean? It's that... Like, literally, if you look at the top seven scores in NBA history, how many of them have donned Laker jersey? Kareem. Karl Malone for one year. Uh, Braun. Kobe. Jordan hasn't. It's only one. Yeah, only Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, Derek, I'm forgetting. So five out of the seven have been on the Lakers, which is just a testament to how great of a franchise they are. So we're going to play a little game here. Uh, I'm going to ask you rapid fire. We're going to go through players that have been both on the Clippers and the Lakers. And you're going to tell me who you think, which are they going to be more remembered when it's all said and done for their own personal careers as Clippers or Lakers? You ready? There you go. Yeah, go for it. All right. Norm Nixon. <laughs> Lakers for Lakers, sure. <laughs> I'd agree. Um, I'm, I'm going to just speak up if I disagree, but I agree with that one. All right. How about Lamar Odom? 
I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that's a disrespectful question. Okay. Matt Barnes. Clippers. Yeah, Clippers. Karan Butler. Clippers. Clippers, because, I mean, he wasn't he on more? He was with the Clippers for... Yeah, just one more, but still better. We, we made the playoffs. Lakers didn't play yeah, yeah, playoffs. we didn't make the playoffs. Um, How about uh, if it's Zubats? Oh, <laughs> as is looking right now, probably yeah. the Clippers. Yeah, definitely the Clippers. I mean, it, it'll he'll always be remembered as the guy that got traded, like, for nothing, you know? The worst trade in NBA history. That, that trade was really bad. He traded for nothing. That I trade remember. made me not like Magic. Like... <laughs> No, as an exec, as an exec, I was like, okay, what are we doing here? I got a point to that because I, I mean, I know obviously Envy doesn't hate Magic really. I, he loves Magic. As a player, I yeah. love Magic. Of course, but I think there's a lot of people who I know who have bashed Magic. You're the worst. Like, get off our team, whatever, whatever. And it's just like it's so like mind-boggling to me because I mean, dude. If it wasn't for magic, we wouldn't even be in this position in the first place. Yeah. I mean, have you just not studied on the? You, did, did your whole memory block off from the '80s when he won those five championships, went to nine finals for us? I mean, it's ridiculous to really bash. These are all young kids yeah. that haven't seen him. That have, like, here's the thing: me and Envy. Um, so I consider myself like a since I was a little kid, kind of like a historian as much as I could be. And uh, Nick and I right now we're watching since there's been no basketball, old games starting from Magic's rookie year, like the full games. You can find a lot of these on YouTube. Oh my goodness, man. Like, this guy is my favorite. Like, of any player that's ever walked on this earth, I just can't say he's my favorite player because I didn't grow up watching him. But, oh my God, he'd be my favorite player without question. Like, the stuff that this guy did, you guys that are young and haven't seen it, like, besides highlights, just watch a normal game of him. He literally makes it look like he's playing a pickup game with that kind of seriousness, and everyone's actually trying, and it's, like, just easier for him. Like, it's, and if any, we, Kobe's, you know, arguably the, probably the greatest Laker of all time because of how long he played, but, if there's one person that resembles LA and everything about Los Angeles in a basketball player in the Laker organization, it is Magic Johnson. He's the poster boy for the Lakers. Would you disagree with that? I mean, for me, I mean, just watching Kobe, I'd probably put Kobe, but that's more my own bias. But saying Magic is not blasphemous at all, in my opinion. I've actually, like, for me personally, I think it's a valid debate when people talk about Magic or Kobe, Magic or Kobe. And sometimes I put Magic over Kobe, as big of a Kobe fan I am. I mean, he's resembled everything about Showtime. I mean, Showtime is the Lakers, basically. That's the, that's the whole, like, identity of them. And he started that. Yeah, it's him. The Flash, the, the, it's the everything about it. I don't, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous, man. So goatee. I mean, even even when we were watching, like, the old games, like, I remember the announcer, like, his rookie year, he's like, oh, he's got that Hollywood smile, you know? And it's like, it's so true, like, he just represents L.A., but um, I think Magic is um, kind of uh, slept on a little bit in a way, even though some people... You know, they, they respect him, but a lot of people forget how great he was. He's, like, the best point guard ever by far to me. And, um, you know, he was, like, the first, like, real point forward, and that's, like, what LeBron is. But, you know, he's just a better scorer. But, yeah, Magic's crazy. Yeah, I just, I just think if you – I hear any Laker – I'm sorry, Magic Johnson slander by any Laker fan, you lose your certificate of Lakerness as a fan. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So that brings me to our next question. I was trying to think if we had any more uh, Clipper-Laker crossover guys, but uh, – Lou Will. Lou Will. That's an obvious one, though. Yeah. Wesley Johnson. <laughs> Wesley Johnson. Dude, no, I feel like most of those guys end up being better for the Clippers. Chris Kamen. <laughs> Chris Kamen. Another one. Yeah, we win a lot of, like this. But um, so let's go with the last, I think, towards the last question we're going to ask. What is your all-time Lakers starting five? Pure, no putting Shaq at the four or not any of this. Pure position, Lakers starting five. I want to hear yours first, and then we'll do... Mine. Okay, point guard, um, of course, Magic. Shooting guard, Kobe. 
small forward worthy. Okay. Um, power forward pow center. Personally, I mean, I would put Shaq, but I think Kareem is the better player. But it's not crazy to put Shaq. I yeah. think this is Laker greatness. So those two are very, very interchangeable. But Kareem has won five for us with us, so it's 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 difficult. But those are interchangeable in my opinion. But those previous four from one to four, those are locked. Just give me five Caruso's. No, <laughs> I need um, I need Magic, obviously, Kobe. Are we just doing like off of like how good they were for the Lakers? Yeah, just Lakers. So like obviously LeBron would be the small forward, but he's not over. He may not even make the third team Laker at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think my lineup would pretty much be exactly what his is. Just, you know, Magic, Kobe, Worthy, Powell, and then like like he said, it's a toss-up between Shaq or Kareem, but I do think Kareem better. Yeah, I would say yours, except even though I like Worthy more because I've seen so much more of him, I'd probably say Elgin Baylor just because, one, he... I know he never won for the Lakers, but he has his statue outside Stable Center, and he was, like, the best score, like, West Wing player, like, ever in his time. So, I'd say Baylor, but... Man, you can make second and third teams of the Lakers like a lot of uh, franchises' first teams. Like we're like you got guys that are like like Michael Cooper, who in my opinion is the greatest six man to ever play basketball. Clipper fans are gonna hate me saying that because Cooper in those days that's talk, that's another guy bleeds Laker purple and gold. Never played for another franchise. Defensive player of the year off the bench. People go research your boy Coop. Yeah. So to end it off. Kobe or LeBron. <laughs> well, that's all we're going to have for now, guys. Please let me know what you liked or disliked about this episode, as well as what I should do for my next episode, whether I should have a guest on again or just do it solo again. As always, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and follow on Spotify, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us.